The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Any platform, just hit that subscribe button. Surgery can be a scary situation. It can be even more scary when it's happening to your child. It brings up questions. How do you explain to them what's going on? How do you help them manage all the pain? Luckily, we have answers. I don't have answers, but my guest today does. Maggie McMillan is a registered nurse that works with children who are just coming out of surgery. She's done this work for a long time and has a lot of insight to give us. Let's check it out. Preventable child injuries. Is there something where you see like kids break their arm doing this often or what should parents avoid to have their kids not breaking bones? Yeah, so we usually kind of like joke between each other. Was it monkey bars or a trampoline? So those are like the two common uh, activities we see children break bones with, typically like the upper arm. Um, But yeah, definitely trampolines and monkey bars for sure. How does that even happen with monkey bars? They just fall on their arm? Yeah, they try and catch themselves. And when they plant their arm and then they fall, just the the position of impact to kind of fracture their upper arm. Are there questions that parents should ask a surgeon when preparing for a surgery? Like these are the smart questions, ask your surgeon this. It really kind of depends on the type of surgery, but you know, it's always great to ask how many years of experience they have doing this particular surgery or how frequently that they've um, performed this type of surgery. Uh, And then also just to ask like, what's the realistic timeline for recovery? Because some kids or some parents kind of think that this is a really quick in and out, totally fine the next day. When in in reality, it could be like a good week or so, or even a couple weeks before their kid kind of bounces back to their normal routine. So I think just kind of having those um, goals in mind to see like, what is realistic for my child? Um, so they're not, you know, set up for failure or a disappointment in terms of their child kind of being under the weather for a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Like we're going to have to miss soccer practice. Right. And it's like a total disappointment for both parents and the child. So it seems like it's important for them to educate themselves about the surgery. Absolutely. Yeah. What about educating the kids? Cause I, on one hand, it's probably good for them to know what they're getting into or what's going on. But then on the other, you could be freaking them out. There's definitely a gray area, a happy medium between the two, uh, depending on what's developmentally appropriate for them. Um, for instance, I wouldn't explain to a two-year-old what was going to happen the same way I'd explain to my 12-year-old what was going to happen. So um, we really utilize child life specialists. Um, typically, they're in the most children's hospital, and they usually have some type of education background. 
Um, and so we explain that, you know, we have to have our tummy fixed because we have a bump in our tummy or our tummy hurts really bad or our arm hurts really bad. And we kind of use age-appropriate age um, explanations to them. Um, and I would say be totally upfront and honest. Like we're going to the hospital. It might be scary, but they're here to help us. Be honest and open, but also like kind of protect them a little bit so they're not terrified and have high anxiety going in. Um, but I've had parents bring their kids and that and told their kids that we're going to Disneyland once they go to sleep and they wake up and they're like, where's Disneyland? And it's a totally, um, I think that's kind of an inappropriate response. Like we understand that this is going to be a scary experience, but we want them to be prepared that they're in a safe environment and we're here to take care of them and keep them safe. And overall, we're here to help them and make them feel better. Um, and so just kind of being prepared to say, like, I always tell parents, like, get online, show them what the picture of an operating room looks like and just say, these are our really big bright lights or this is our fancy table that goes up and down and turns you all around. And this is sleeping medicine and we go to sleep and the doctors and the nurses are there to take care of you. So just kind of using appropriate developmental language um, that's not as intimidating as saying, hey, they're gonna put a tube down your throat or we're gonna poke you, those kinds of things we don't say. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I always tell parents, like, we give a pre-med, like, usually um, some type of relaxing med, like Versed. Um, and a lot of parents are kind of uh, apprehensive to give their child that. But it really, in the long run, it helps them relax and be a less uh, traumatic experience because they're kind of in this state of, like, I don't really care about anything that's going on right now. And that's kind of what we want because that med will wear off. And we don't want them to remember what happened. So we, we want them to have a positive experience, even if it is a little scary. The Disneyland story just sounds awful. It's like the yeah. anti-Disneyland. Or even like where they're going to the Little North Pole. I'm like, that's not appropriate. So oh, like, uh, just being wow. honest that like, hey, this might be scary, but mommy and daddy are going to be with you. And we're going to see you as soon as possible. And these are our friends here to help us. So just kind of talking them up to be like, this isn't, you know, this isn't probably where we want to be right now, but we're going to help you and we're going to help you feel better. And it's well, not, it's okay to be scared, but to trust us. I'm trying to convey like the doctor is not a scary person. They yeah. look scary with their goggles or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, even with my two children, every time they have a checkup and for anything, I always am very upfront and honest, like we might have a poke today, but afterwards we're going to go do something special. Or when the doctor walks in the room, we say, hey, this is mom's friend. Can you say hi to Dr. So-and-so? And that kind of like relaxes the child. Like, okay, my mom trusts this person or this, this medical provider. So I can also trust this medical provider. That's yeah. a huge improvement for kids. Well, and you talk about sleeping medicine. A lot of people are leery of anesthesia. Is it safe for children? Oh, absolutely. Under under the supervision of anesthesiologists, we have so many things to help um, observe children and their vitals and make sure that they stay stable during the procedure. So um, with the supervision of a certified anesthesiologist medical doctor, absolutely. Hmm. Do you ever have like someone wake up during surgery or you operate on the wrong leg or? Not in my experience has that happened. I know in the past, in other hospitals that has happened, but there's so many things that are in line to help protect that. They do a timeout that they identify the patient before they go into surgery. And we identify the surgery that we're doing, the, 
the part that we're working on, all is gone over multiple times before consent. So we have not had any issues in my experience as a nurse for seven years. Yeah, you'd hope there's some checks. In yes, there. there's lots of checks and official like box T's crossed and I's dotted for sure. Mm -hmm. What about the send off? You talked about that a little bit, but is there a way, you know, your child is transitioning from being with you to being in a surgery area away from you? Is there a way to make that transition smooth? Um, we always encourage families to bring like a, a type of lovey, whether that's like a blanket or a teddy bear to go back with them. Um, most of our, actually all of our nurses are amazing that go into the operating room. Um, most of them are moms themselves. And so like, sometimes we just carry them in and the sleepy medicine, the pre-med usually makes them pretty drowsy. So they usually are kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. And they go back. Um, we also have fun little cars. We can drive them back into the ORN for toddlers that are totally distracted. That's a huge helpful tool is using distraction. Um, so we have, and we have iPads that we bring back the, with us playing a TV show or a cartoon. So lots of little tips and tools that we use just to kind of uh, get them a little bit more comfortable in, in that send off. But sometimes even with all of the tools on board and even with like medicine to help them relax, it can still be a little tearful and that's okay. Um, at that point, we just try and get them back and we use um, an anesthetic gas to help them fall asleep very quickly. So it's usually within like a minute or so they're already asleep once we remove them from mom and dad. So I think it's harder on mom and dad than it probably is on the child. Yeah, I was thinking as you're saying that as a parent, you'd probably have to be pretty regulated. Like even if you're nervous about the surgery, uh, you don't want to freak out in front of them. Yeah. And that's my, that's my biggest advice for parents that have children that have an upcoming hospitalization or, or surgery is that you really have to keep in check on your emotions because they feed off of you. And, you know, anytime that I've brought a child back to reunite with the family and the child is completely calm, eating a popsicle, totally doing great and is coping wonderfully. And then, then we walk into a room and the mom's our dad is extremely tearful and is very visibly upset because they were so nervous and the child immediately will usually kind of look at mom and be like, what is wrong? And kind of go in that same direction. So it's real as hard as it is. And being a mom myself, it's so important to kind of, you can totally have moments of like tearfulness, but not with your child. We just encourage just to stay strong and keep that kind of in check until we can get keep the child calm and in check. Yeah, that makes sense. What about after surgery then? Are there some general tips or advice that you give to parents when a child's recovering? Um, uh, like I said, that lovey really comes in handy, but our biggest tool is usually distraction. Once they wake up and I know that their pain is well controlled, either what they received in the OR and or what I give them in recovery. Um, once I have that pain control, it's usually distraction and get them back to mom and dad. So uh, like I said, we kind of ask parents to keep that in check, but also um, it's really helpful when parents aren't like, are you in pain? Does this hurt? Does that hurt? Are you nauseous? Are you hungry? Because that kind of is like, oh yeah, I am. Like that actually kind of hurts. So we just, you know, we encourage parents just be like, look at the show, you know, look what mom and dad got you in my gift shop or, Hey, I got you an awesome popsicle, that kind of thing to kind of keep their mind occupied and not focused on what, you know, it, what, whatever procedure they just had done. Yeah, like check out this new toy I got. Yes, you. and bribery as a parent is not below me. 
So like my kids always get an ice cream cone after a vaccine. Um, so, you know, that's not like, I have a lot of kids that are like, mom and dad promised me like Taco Bell on the way home and, you know, all for that. So they did something that, you know, they should be very proud of. They were very brave and strong. And even if it was a scary thing, they got through it and they deserve a little bit of reward in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You always see like kids coming back to school and they're like, I got McDonald's after their doctor visit. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's a special treat for being brave and kind of doing something that was a little scary. Yeah. Well, and you talked a little bit about pain. Now I know you have to manage pain or there's nothing as being pain free after surgery, right? Yeah. So that's another really good point. So it's really important that you kind of have a realistic idea that um, what pain is going to be like after surgery, because unfortunately we really can't take all that pain away. Um, we minimize it as much as possible, but typically they say about the the 72 hours following surgery, they are going to have quite a bit of discomfort. So our goal, there's multiple different pain scales that we use, but the most common one, especially adults, we use zero to 10, 10 being the worst pain. Um, we usually say around five or lower is our goal for the first day of surgery, which for a child, especially a smaller child, who's really never had any pain or discomfort, a five can be a lot for a parent and child. So that's why distraction is really important and staying on top of mid pain meds. So every kid that I ever discharge from surgery will always go home with Tylenol and Motrin prescribed just to keep around the clock for the first 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Once those both ibuprofen and Tylenol are on board um, and they're still saying a five or more out of 10, a five or five or more out of 10 of pain, we say, then we also usually give a narcotic. So, um, but we also look, for example, younger kids, they can't communicate what their pain level is. My three-year-old wouldn't be able to tell you appropriately that my pain is a six out of 10, correct? So we, we look at their body language. We look at their face, if they're grimacing, we look at their legs, if they're kicking and rocking or their activity level. And then we also look at their cry and consolability. So depending on that, that's when we give pain meds. But we usually say, be on top of the pain because once it gets out of control, it's a lot harder or more difficult to get it in control. Um, and usually if they're in pain, they're not gonna wanna eat. They're not gonna wanna drink. They're not gonna wanna get up and move like they're supposed to after surgery to get their body moving. Um, uh, so yeah, we definitely wanna keep that pain level in check, but we also have to be appropriate that there is gonna be some expected pain. Well, for a kid, a five might feel like a 10, given their Absolutely. perspective. Yeah. And then it's no fun to see your child suffer. So if you have a child that's at a five and you're like, well, I don't want to see my kids suffer. Why not give them a few extra Tylenol or an extra Oxy or something yeah. to like put them at a two, you know? Like- so unfortunately, like all these meds are usually weight-based for pediatrics. Everything's weight-based. So by giving extra medication can be damaging on different organs. Like ibuprofen can be damaging on the renal system, their kidneys, and Tylenol can be very damaging on their liver. Um, and oxy can be, is very addictive, but also can be, uh, cause a lot of issues with a respiratory drive. So they're not, we're taking deep enough breaths. So they're not giving enough oxygen to their brain. So, um, it's, it's very important that they keep on the pain regimen that the doctors prescribe or the nurses write out for you that every six hours they take the medicine and not any sooner and not anymore, just because it can have detrimental effects to their child. Yeah. And I'm not advocating, you know, giving kids oxy, but I just want to. Yeah. 
put that. Yeah. Out and there. a lot of parents are very apprehensive to give their child a narcotic, right? Like that's a scary thing. And a lot what, of parents have. Yeah, you go ahead. To those parents that are like, I don't want any oxy, even if their kid is hurting. What's your response to them? So, um, I mean, that's totally, it's a parent's call. I can't tell them that you need to give your child this. Um, I encourage them saying, you know, this pain itself can cause further issues. For example, like a tonsil, a child that gets tonsils and adenoids removed, that they basically cauterize the back of your throat. It's a very painful surgery. Um, if they have a lot of pain, they're not going to want to drink fluids and they're not going to want to eat until they become dehydrated. And the more they become dehydrated, the, the higher risk of them actually having a post-operative bleed um, is. And so they may actually have to go back into surgery because they they start bleeding from their instant or from their surgical sites again. So it's kind of that um, finding that gray area that we, we need to give pain medication like conservatively, you know, rightfully so, but we also have to stay on top of it because it could have effects that they need more surgeries later on in the future. So yeah, it sounds like it's for the greater good. Yes. And they kind of, it's a two, double-edged sword kind of like if you don't give it, it could have more issues or complications down the line. Yeah. So it's everything in moderation too, not too. Absolutely. Sometimes parents can just be leery of surgery in the first place, or it might be like, does my child really need this? I don't know. It, you know, I'm not super informed about this, but I have a feeling maybe they're jumping the gun on the surgery a little, what do you suggest to parents then? Um, absolutely get a second opinion. Um, I would not hesitate, especially for your child. Like you are their advocate, you are their uh, re responsible adult so or guardian. So definitely if something in your gut is telling you this is off, um, it does not hurt to get a second opinion. So um, there might be two different views from different surgeons on how they would approach whatever issue your child has. Um, one might be a little bit more aggressive and one might be a little bit more conservative. So um, it does not hurt to ask for a second opinion or go to a different doctor for sure. There's people that are listening or watching this that have a child that's about to go into surgery. What do you want to say to that parent? Just trust that we have your child's best interest at heart and that we will care for them as if they're our own child. Um, and when they're reunited with them, stay as calm as possible and be reassuring that you are their safe space and that they have overcome whatever scary thing that they just went through and that they're going to be okay and things will be good, get started to get better. Thank you, Maggie. And thank you for all the children and the families that you've helped over the years and continue to have a big impact on. This has been the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.